Welcome to the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency's Indoor Air Plus podcast series. This episode is being recorded prior to the National Association of Home Builders International Builders Show in Las Vegas, Nevada. The Indoor Air Plus team has the privilege of sitting down to have a conversation with Gord Cook. Today's episode will cover some of what is being discussed here at IBS and some strategies, techniques, and building practices in regards to Indoor Air Plus. Hi, we're here at the National Association of Home Builders International Builder Show, just prior to the start of the show here in, in, in Nevada. And uh, my name is Nick Hurst with ICF International. We'll be exhibiting here uh, on behalf of Indoor Air Plus at IBS. But today we're lucky to have uh, Gord Cook of Construction Instruction with us, and he will also be uh, speaking and, and demonstrating a, a number of uh, topics during the, during the show. So we're privileged to have him here with us uh, discussing Indoor Air Plus. Uh, Gord, could you just give us a brief overview of uh, what's about to transpire here at the show in general and kind of what you'll be doing? Yeah, thanks for having me, Nick. It's uh, fun to be here. We've actually uh, asked by NHB, uh, what they call their high-performance building zone, to do a demonstration of some of the key aspects of building science. So sort of uh, building science applied, if you will, taking some of the uh, uh, the technologies, the, uh, uh, the, the elements that make for high performance, and just kind of showing them on stage. So I'll be working with two great guys, Walt and Rob, and uh, they'll be building, and I'll kind of be narrating uh, what they're up to. Awesome. Fantastic. So um, can you tell us a little bit about high-performance homes, kind of uh, the nexus, obviously, of energy efficiency and indoor air quality, and kind of how those uh, you know, two key elements of high-performance homes are going to um, fit into your, some of your presentations? Sure. It is kind of an interesting term, isn't it, high-performance? Uh, you know, we started out years ago with energy efficiency, and then there was a bit of a trend towards healthy homes. and. Now we sort of coined this phrase, the, the phrase that seems to resonate with people is, is high performance. And it's really what we like to say is the culmination of building science, so what you call the systems approach. In the old days we called it house as a system, that everything impacts everything else. And in the past we might have been focused on, say, energy or air quality, and now we realize that, boy, if you do it from a good scientific basis and a good systems approach, that, that in fact everything you do for energy efficiency also improves things like durability, uh, improves indoor air quality, and that's going to be a really cool thing. You, you've seen it in uh, in your own own world with Energy Star and the Indoor Air uh, Plus program. That the checklist that you used to use for Energy Star really had some nice carryover to the checklist that's now used for the Indoor Air Plus program. So, so that the synergies, I guess, is what we're going to be focusing on. That there are, are things that can be done, a list of things that can be done, but that as you do one, you're addressing uh, multiple aspects of the house. That's great. Excellent. You do a lot of work, obviously, around the country, all around North America with, with builders. Um, you do a lot of education and, and speaking. Um, what are some of the kind of new techniques or, or technologies that you see emerging with, in, in building science? It is, it is a lot of fun. I, as you say, I get to travel, and I, I work directly with about 50 to 60 uh, builders in my own uh, world and, and on a day-to-day -day basis, and then I do get to travel across North America. And there are these common themes, things that are happening, and some would say it's codes, and emerging codes, and we're seeing codification, for example, of air tightness, something that we've been thinking about for a long time. We've been, I've been personally been blower door testing houses for about, uh, well, 25 years, and, and now we're seeing that as part of code requirement in 2012, the International Energy Code. We're seeing codification of things like exterior insulation, and insulation in general, more insulation of walls, and that's a good thing, obviously. It stops the flow of heat, but it also... Back to that building science issue, 
we have to be a little careful, at least we have to understand how to apply that, because as we more add more insulation to walls, hmm, we stop the flow of heat. That's great from an energy perspective, but we stop the flow of heat. Heat's really good at keeping things dry. So we've reduced the drying potential of walls. And these are the kinds of things that we like to help builders with and apply. So as builders move along this scale of energy and air tightness and um, more thermal insulation, we really need to remind them of the fundamentals of building science with respect to air, heat, and moisture flow. So some great new technologies uh, coming with respect to mechanical systems, uh, but always keeping in mind the management of water, I guess, is, is, is what we are trying to remind folks of as we travel the country. Absolutely. Well, guys, okay, so I'm going to put you on the spot quickly here. In that, in that regard, when it comes to indoor air quality in general, if you had to rank your top three things, top three items or concerns that you would see in the realm of indoor air quality, what, what would they be? Yeah, I think it's pretty easy. You said tree, and so the first one would be moisture control. Right. And the second very important one is moisture control. Okay. And the third most important thing is moisture control. So we say that kind of tongue-in-cheek, but in fact, if we split the building and we said moisture control and foundations, because we're connecting materials to wet soils, wet soils everywhere, we build out of materials that are hydroscopic, concrete and wood, and yet we're building on wet, wet, wet soils. And so we try to help builders in, regardless of the type of foundation they're doing, whether it's crawl space, full basement, or slab on grade, worrying about moisture control at foundation level. Then we need to think about moisture control in the building envelope above grade. As I just said, we're adding more insulation, which reduces heat flow, which reduces drying potential. So we have to do a better job of moisture control for things like rain screens and uh, water management on the outside of the building. And then lastly, we need to think about water management inside of houses. That is, we're building tighter houses. People are spending more time indoors. They're doing more showering, more cooking, more cleaning than ever before. And we really have to think about moisture control, occupant moisture control. So three elements of moisture control. Obviously, as I said, a little tongue-in-cheek, three emerging technologies or three things that are on the go, moisture. But in addition to that, we're starting to see things like a real understanding and emphasis of ventilation, HVAC. We always like to remind heating contractors and air conditioning contractors that the term is HVAC, heating, ventilation, and air conditioning. And we always like to remind them to put the V back into HVAC, not to not to forget that ventilation is a very important function. So those would be the uh, top three, moisture, ventilation, and then proper HVAC design as well. Great, great. Well, Indoor Air Plus obviously um, does address moisture in a lot of different respects. Um, we were over at the convention center a little earlier today, and, and they were obviously getting set up for a number of, of neat um, uh, demonstrations, et cetera. Um, in, when it comes to... Uh, indoor air quality, specifically in, in crawl spaces and, and in basements. You had mentioned, you know, this is obviously one key, one of those kind of key aspects. And I noticed on the agenda you're going to be speaking a little bit about crawl spaces uh, coming out here in the next couple of days. What would you say are kind of, you know, the, the, the key reasons that Indoor Air Plus has incorporated, you know, this, the requirement for a closed and conditioned crawl space uh, for Indoor Air Plus homes? Yeah, it's a very important question, Nick. And as, as a northern climate guy who historically has done basements, we've always recognized that Living in holes in the ground is not an easy thing to do. Now, why do we do it? Why do we dig the hole in the first place? Well, historically, it's to get to undisturbed soils that are below the frost line. So we dig holes in northern climates, and as we move south, um, we don't need to dig as deep a hole, but we're still getting below grade. And any time we're below grade, water collects. And I'm, I'm often reminded, hopefully you don't mind the story, I used to do a lot of training with a, a fellow who was both a builder and a farmer. And he used to say to me, you know, in farming, you dig a hole, you line it with concrete, you hope water stays in it. It's called a slough. It's for watering cattle. 
But in housing, we dig a hole, line it with concrete, and hope water stays out of it. We call it a basement, and we want people now to live in it. And we never used to live in basements, and now we do. So we've learned in the north, the best thing to do is to manage water, to manage basements as part of the living space. But the only way to really manage moisture is to keep that space heated and conditioned. And the same has to be true with crawl spaces. That is, anytime you're below grade, a little different if you're above grade and floodplain and so on, but if you're below grade at all, a crawl space should be really treated as a short basement. Learn from the guys north of you and understand that you really want to keep this part of the conditioned space. The reason for this is because things have changed. When you put insulation between the floor, say in, the, in that floor joist cavity, you've effectively said the crawl space is no longer warm. It used to be warmer, now it's colder. And cold spaces don't have any drying potential. So crawl spaces may have worked years ago, but the minute you insulate that floor to meet the expectations of customers for warm floors and energy efficiency, the crawl space is now cold, and cold equals damp, and damp equals mold and, and degradation of the building materials. So for this reason, because things have changed and you've added insulation, or you're going to add insulation between the crawl space and the house, you really need to think about conditioning the crawl space. And conditioning the crawl space isn't that difficult. Take the insulation you're going to put on the floor, put it on the side walls, maybe even insulate part of the slab, although that's not that important, but now make it part of the condition volume of the house. Not that difficult to do, it's just a little change in process, and what you'll find is that that space now works much better. You have much better opportunity to control moisture levels in that space, and moisture is, as we just said, is the key determinant of uh, the single most important thing that a builder can do to ensure good air quality for, for families living in the house. Yeah, absolutely. Makes a lot of sense. And, you know, getting back to you know some of the work that you've been doing with builders uh, all, over, all across the country, all over North America, um, you have a very bright uh, team of, of uh, staff at Construction Instruction, and I'm sure you're recognizing some of those challenges that builders run into. What are some of the kind of the innovative new ideas that you and your team have kind of uh, worked on recently uh, you know, and bringing new opportunities to, to builders. And, uh, and, I, and I love that word, challenges. I think that is important. What, what I find really encouraging the building industry these days, partly because of building science and more just, I think it's just a, an advancement of the building industry. Builders are more proactive than they were before. They're looking for the next thing. What we find so gratifying, uh, gratifying construction instruction is builders are now coming to us in advance of code changes even and saying, what, what should I be doing next? Understanding that they're never really done, and that's kind of a cool thing. An industry that in the past was um, a little bit um, reticent about change, that is, you know, I've always done it that way, now recognizing that change is actually a pretty good thing. Every other industry changes and improves. Why shouldn't we? And so when they see codes changing by roughly 15% every three to five years, they see that as a challenge. They see that as a good thing. So that's element number one is what we call the path to continue improvement. Understanding that what you're building now is probably great. There's probably things that you could be doing or should be doing um, that could improve houses. Both from a and, and what's really nice is the same things you do for energy efficiency also improve air quality and durability, health, and so on. A little example of that, you talked about challenges, and I mentioned earlier that we're talking about air sealing and air tightness of houses. There's still this little misunderstanding, maybe a little bit of angst in the industry that are we building houses too tight? Hmm. And we would say, no, actually not. And I always put it this way. If you ask one of your homeowners, exactly how many holes would you like me to leave in your wall or attics, 
I was going to say zero. We've never wanted holes in our walls like that. Of course we wanted a, a building envelope that's airtight, but we've always wanted houses to be ventilated. We used to provide windows for ventilation. In fact, we still do. The problem is homeowners don't seem to want to use them as much as they used to because of noise, dust, security issues, so we keep the windows closed. So this angst about can we build a tight house and still make sure it's properly ventilated? And the answer is absolutely. And it's a really nice thing that, that intermix between the Energy Star standard and, and the Indoor Air Plus program standard that these two have melded really nicely and understood that the two go hand in hand. Properly ventilated, mechanically ventilated, or windows is great too, so two ventilation systems are possible, with a really well-controlled airtight assembly. That's one of the challenges that builders face. And it's really cool to see builders who now, in advance of code, airtightness testing their houses, understanding the dynamics of what that does for the building, helps control air quality. The tighter the building, the better opportunity we have to control the air for families living in the house. Wow, what could be better than that? Absolutely, yeah. You know, sometimes when it comes to, um, you know, bringing those brands together, Energy Star, Indoor Air Plus, there's a, a lot of other opportunities for, you know, green building, high-performance homes in the marketplace. Um, there are some builders who do have some reticence to, you know, talking about indoor air quality with their home buyers, and um, in in part because maybe they're fearful of, of implying some type of guarantee to the homeowners that you know that their kids are going to get better or their family's going to you know automatically live a healthy life as a result of living in this home. What do you say to kind of um, encourage a home builder to take a you know a good next step and and you know implore some of these um, construction practices in, into their into their methodology? And still pass along that value to the to the home buyer and be able to communicate it to them in the, in the process. And and again, I really like that question, Nick, because I I have heard that over the years. We're not very good at understanding about good, better, best. We're not selling the LT, the GT model, and adding up options. And homeowners, you know, buying a new house is a pretty complicated thing, and so homeowners have a lot to think about. And let's be really clear: their expectations are that you're already doing this stuff then they're kind of surprised to find out when you're not doing it. And I, unfortunately, I, in, in some parts of my working world, I end up doing a little bit of uh, forensics. That is, homeowners who didn't, builders who didn't meet the expectations of the homeowners who, who moved in. And, and mo the most common thing I hear homeowners say is, oh, if only somebody had told me, if only somebody had helped me understand why this would be important, I would have been happy to do it. So two opportunities here. One, from a marketing standpoint, what could be better than, a label that indicates that you're doing something a little different. It starts a great conversation. But when thinking about that conversation, what I always feel is most important is rather than trying to sell them anything, it's just help them understand uh, why this might be important to them. And that all starts with good questioning. Um, I spend a lot of time with builders, and more importantly, their sales agents, their sales representatives, to help them understand how to, how to simply highlight the need for these um, kinds of elements in houses just by asking the right questions. A good example would be simply asking folks, um, you know, anybody in the household with asthma, allergies, respiratory problems. We're not medical professionals, but in fact, as housing professionals, we do know the things that can make the air as healthy as possible. Not going to cure your asthma or allergies, but would it be nice to know that your son or daughter, family is breathing the healthiest possible air? So we can make very reasonable claims, uh, very substantiated claims. We're simply doing the things that somebody else, and I, we often talk about this to builders, don't tell people you're building a healthy house. Tell people that you're building um, elements into your houses that somebody else has deemed to be healthier. And that, what could be better than EPA and the Indoor Air Plus program in order to highlight the key things that really make a difference in houses? So the use of the label and the checklist, 
I, I see no reason why a builder couldn't ask a few important questions. Anybody in the household with asthma allergies? What's been your experience? What are your plans for the house in the future? And then just show them the elements that you feel as a housing professional would be, match their lifestyle. Because you work from home, here's some elements that I've included. Because you have a garage that's underneath your son's bedroom, here's the things that I've included. These are things that make sense based on my experience as a builder, and homeowners will agree with you every time. Right. Great points. There's a you know a lot of focus in the industry nowadays on uh, kind of smart uh, smart technologies, interactive technologies. I think we'll probably see some of that over the next few days here at the International Builder Show. Um, certainly, smartphone apps. Uh, I think that you're currently working on a, 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 an app as well. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, construction instruction is actually more of an app uh, specifically for the building industry and education. Um, my two partners are very pleased to work with my mentor, Mark Liberté, and, and uh, Justin Wilson. They developed this really cool app that it's really just an educational tool. What it does, it takes all the building science elements and puts them in a digital format, little animations, so that you can simply show your trade base without language barriers. Here, guys, do it this way. Just watch this video. Did you watch that? Do you want to watch it again? Because if you don't do it that way, I'm going to have you do it again. So a little 45 second, maybe a minute uh, long vignettes of how to properly do a rain screen, how to properly insulate a basement, how to properly water manage a foundation. Great sponsors, you know, in the program, Tyvek, Celadoric, and uh, according some great folks who have helped us with this. But we're very excited because it, it allows us to do building science education with a bit of a takeaway. It's a free app, downloadable, constructioninstruction.com. Um, you know, there's lots of people who use it on a daily basis. Construction, guys, it's for builders. Um, just to help them educate and communicate the changes uh, that they want to make in their houses. Excellent. Good. Well, we hope to uh, take a look at it very soon and, uh, and hope others can fi find it useful as well. Uh, we certainly really appreciate you sitting down and taking time with us today, Gord, to talk about building science and, and of course, from your expertise. And we'll let you get back to your preparations for, the, for IBS, and we ho hope you have a great week here at the show. For those of you listening, you can find out more information about Gord from his website, constructioninstruction.com, and be sure to check out Indoor Plus on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at EPAIA+. Thanks again for listening.